All right, guys, this week, you are not going to want to miss this episode regarding the spring bear hunt in the state of Washington. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. gentlemen welcome to this episode of the western huntsman podcast this is jim huntsman the host and i'm coming at you from the broken time studio right here in clark fork idaho and uh, we've got a hell of an episode lined up for you today um i we are going to be talking all about the cancellation of the spring bear hunt in the state of washington and i've got somebody on i've got to give a shout out to my buddy mike hers who uh, is killing all the mule deer down in utah <laughs> but uh I've got to give a shout out to Mike. He uh, he's the one that kind of pointed me in the direction of this guest, um, and this is going to be a conversation that you know one of the core foundational reasons why we started this show was to talk about this stuff and the anti-hunting movement and and places like the Center for Biological Diversity and the Humane Society of the United States and all these things and what's what's happening now. If you guys are not up to speed with this, and I encourage you to pay attention because. Some of you may be like rolling your eyes and oh well you know that's that's a Washington problem there that that's not my problem because I live in Idaho or I live in Montana or Texas or, or somewhere else, but guys I, I I am like begging and pleading with you to pay attention to this kind of stuff because this anti-hunting whether it's through legislation or a commission vote or you know whatever the influence is. It is like a cancer, and it, it spreads, and it starts somewhere small, and it's going to spread throughout the rest of the country. So if you don't think it's an applicable episode to you, you're wrong. I don't care if you're a hunter in Alaska or a, a an alligator hunter in Florida. It, it doesn't matter because this is all of our problem. This is all of our issue, and we've got to pay attention. So for those of you – I get, let me get back to this. Uh, for those of you that don't know, what, what's happened in the state of Washington – is on November 19th, the uh, Washington Fish and Game Commission got together. Um, I'm highly confused with, and and today somebody's going to help me clarify this, I, I, I'm hoping, but highly confused with how this works, but they had eight votes, four for and four against, uh, canceling the spring bear hunt. This is not like an outright bear hunting ban, uh, but it's canceling the season for the year 2022. And it was all brought on by emotion and all sorts of other stuff that we're going to talk about today. So my guest today, from my good buddy Mike Hers, who uh, referred me over here, is a guy named Douglas Bowes. Douglas is an author, and he's a big-time bear hunter. And I'm actually really excited to talk to him about his book that I, I ordered. I, I think, actually, uh, it's in the mailbox today. i got to go down and check it. Uh, but he wrote the book, The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting. And uh, he is going to be our uh, subject matter expert, if you will. Douglas, welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you, sir. That's a heck of an introduction. I appreciate the invite. 
Yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm glad we hooked up, dude, because I I so we have a we have a Facebook group uh, that is called Hunting the West, the Western Huntsman, uh, where it's a small, intimate group of hunters. Um, and the only real reason why I even like to get on Facebook anymore, but (laughs) it's, it's on there. And I, I posed the question in the group, if does anybody, you know, know of somebody in Washington, whether they're, you know, somebody heavily involved with the bear hunting or they're a a wildlife biologist or, you know, some capacity like that. Um, and your name came up twice. Uh, and so, it's going to be an interesting discussion, man. Um, kind of tell me a little bit about your background, because you and I have never met. We talked for, like, what, two minutes before I started recording? Yeah, pretty much. And, and you know, just to reiterate, what we had talked about before we started recording was, I was like, hey, you know, I love Idaho and um, whatnot. And you said, yeah, we get a lot of people moving in um, from California and mm-hmm. other liberal states. And yep. so, like like you were saying at the beginning, if you don't think it's an issue for Idaho now, it's going to be. It's, those people, it's going to be. Those people coming into those states are going to try to change things for you Idahoans. We've and, already seen it, too, man. I mean, we've we've already seen some of the, the, the crap of out-of-state influences that come in and, and they want to – like, they want to escape the, the bad parts of where they're coming from. And then they want to come here and, and enjoy the benefits of the good parts about here and then bring some of the bad parts with them. It's ludicrous. It is. It's it's insanity. Yeah. I, I, I remember just real quick. I remember growing up in Washington and we used to have bumper stickers on the back of the cars that said, welcome to Washington. Now go back to California. Now I, <laughs> I, I'm not dissing Californians because I know there's a lot of conservative Californians in Northern California. But the fact of the matter is, is like, you know the influx of population into those conservative states, most of those, not all, but most of those people coming in are from liberal states trying to change things and trying to escape the taxes and then trying to vote out what you guys have, have prospered with. Yeah. Yeah. And do away with the liberties and freedoms that we enjoy in these places. And, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that like California is a legitimate (laughs) bear hunting state. Uh, I, I know I, I know a lot of guys down there that are um, you know they're successful every year or they they put a lot into their their hunting seasons and and when you, when we're talking about how this stuff spreads you know we had this issue last uh, winter and all of a sudden this this senator Weiner in San Francisco introduced a complete bear hunting ban in the state of uh, California I almost said Idaho there. And, and I remember warning people there, like, like if you guys in Washington and Oregon think you're safe from this because this is just wackiness coming out of San Francisco, California, you know, it, th- this, that's how it spreads. And they, they feed off of each other. You know, they, 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 they see, okay, well, San Francisco, th- this senator in California has introduced this bill. Uh, and, and why don't, why can't we do it here? And, and the, the, the funny part is in, and I'm already getting worked up. I can already tell I'm trying to slow down here. (laughs) The way that there's one common denominator, but between both that, that bill that was introduced that failed in California and, and this, this commission vote in Washington. And that is the humane society of the United States. And so, we're going to talk about all this stuff. We're going to dive into this, but first, I want, I, I again, going back uh, to to you, Douglas. Can you give us uh, give us snapshot of your background and and tell us a little bit about you? And I really want to talk about your book too, man. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, I got off on the on the 
a different road there real quick. But <laughs> That's what we do, man. <laughs> <laughs> so just about me, I'm, you know, I grew up, grew up hunting. I started at the age of 12 when I could legally hunt. I was out before that, but I didn't start hunting until 12. Um, I'm 45 now, so I've got some seasons under my belt. I've hunted Washington. I've hunted Idaho. Um, I had wolf tags in my pocket for Idaho. I had a couple of my sights. I didn't get to pull the trigger. They were too far away, but, man, I want to get back here for some wolves. Yeah, come on um, over, man. Come and see me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've hunted Alaska for, for bear and stuff, and so I'm a hunter. Um, I'm conservative-leaning. Um and you know, I've written a couple books. Uh, in all honestly, I'm I'm nothing special. I'm 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 a published author. I've I've done a couple of articles for magazines, but I'm just an average Joe who has a passion for bear hunting. I didn't get into bear hunting until my late twenties, um, and I wrote you know some books after that. Uh, basically, the books came about with in the state of Washington, hounds and baiting are illegal f- for hunting bear. And so there was a lot of questions online about, hey, how how can I hunt bear without the use of bait or hounds? And so as a black bear hunter, finding some success, I thought, well, I'm just going to type a little like report online. And then I published that on an online forum. And then that got a lot of hits. And I thought, well, I'll just expand this into a, like a, a self-published kind of little report, which is what I did. And so that book was called No Bait, Just Bears. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um and, and then from there, I kind of shopped that around to just different publishers and uh, my publisher in, in New York, Skyhorse Publishing. They said, hey, well, obviously we can't print this, but, you know, if you want to add a bunch of stuff to it, um, you know, rebrand some things, blah, 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 we can, we can do that. And so, well, sure, you know, so I signed a contract with them. And then that's when I wrote The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting, which involves baiting and, and predator calling and spawn stock and pretty much everything you need. Um that's sweet, so that, man. I'm that, so that, excited about it. I, I'm getting it soon. So th- I, I just want to clarify. Going yeah. back, so you, you kind of wrote this series of reports and articles and stuff and combine them, and and they said, um, well, that's great, but it, it's not like a book. So you went back and wrote The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting and, and added well, all that stuff in there. Is that how that went down? Kind of, so nobody just bears. That was self-published. So you can, you can go online and, like, there's self-publishing companies that you can submit yeah. the text the text two and then they create a book and an isbn number and all the stuff that you need to actually publish a book and so that's how that came around but then when i when i was just passing it around to different um publishers um skyhorse took a look at it and was like yeah you know we we like it but since it's already been published we can't really publish this we need you know more content more content gotcha gotcha Yeah, yeah and so and and so that's what happened so you know i went from I think no bait just bears was like maybe a hundred pages to 256 for the ultimate guide. And it's just a lot more refined and, and whatnot. So, yeah. And how's it, how long has that book been out there? Uh, it was published in September of 2016. The, the, the ultimate guide. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Um, and is there, I'm just like, this is my curious side. Is there a lot of, uh, call for that kind of book out there? I mean, I obviously, I didn't even know about it until Mike kind of turned me on to you. Um, and so, yeah, man, I just am way excited. I, I love books like this. Is well, there I, a lot of demand for it? Sorry, my other line was ringing there. That's the only problem with recording over the phone. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, well, you know, it's it's a niche topic. So, you know, there's a lot more deer hunters and elk hunters than there are bear hunters. Yeah. But, but as, I think as far as the bear hunting community goes – I think for that, yes, there is uh, a demand for it. You know, it's it's 
been a number one bestseller for uh, bear hunting books on Amazon. It's got the highest amount of ratings. It has the highest ratings. Um, it's been well received. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think as far as the hunting community goes, especially bear hunters, yeah, there is a demand for it. Um, and and onset hunters too, people who want to expand, people who who like yourself maybe have never hunted bear um, or have for a couple seasons, and, and you know they want to they want to learn more and maybe save some time, gas, money, and, and effort. Sure. Um, yeah. It was like probably 10 years of bear hunting before I published that book. And so there's a lot of pictures and gas and, and stories and stuff that I had to, to experience to pass that along to newer hunters or to, you know, lesser experienced hunters. And even, even some of those who, you know, maybe some of those people who have baited bear, um, but have never predator called bear. Cause I'm a big predator caller. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of information about that. That's a huge passion of mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, super excited yeah. about that, man. Cause I, I do, I do set bait barrels. In fact, I've, I've been hunting one. It just closed on November 30th. Uh, where I live, I've, I've got some property here and I had a black bear on the, on the kind of back half of my property. I was trying to bait him in sucker hit my barrel one time and then never showed up again. So, uh, not not sure where he went, but I'd love to learn how to call bears better because calling is kind of my thing, man. I love calling for elk. I love calling deer in. I love all that coyote calling. Yeah. Um, and I've tried it. I've tried it with bears. Uh, I've only, but like I told you before we started recording, this was only my second season actively hunting bears. I've had bear tags in the past, and it was like you know if I see one, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'm way it's it's weird how it grabbed a hold of me i'm super passionate about it now and i can't wait for for spring bear can you like in the book does it talk about the difference between just behaviorally how bears behave in the spring versus in the fall um it it, it does it talks more about kind of the food resources because one thing when you're hunting bear, you know, you'll a common saying is find the food, find the bears. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, I've heard that. But that's that's easier said than done because you know it varies upon elevation, time of year, um, where you're at, uh, region-wise. So you know the food sources are different in eastern Washington than they are in western Washington, and and the same probably the spots in Oregon or excuse me Idaho. Well, yeah, and yeah. Oregon. But um, so yeah, it does talk about that a little bit. Uh, and the different behaviors, you know, like in the in the spring, um, bears come out of hibernation. They're hot. You know, I, I talk about wanting to find them early in the spring if if hide quality is important to you because they're going to start rubbing their hands and their uh, or their their paws and their face and and the sides and they're going to start rubbing the the hide off. So that's you know a behavior that's important. Um, in the fall, the they're still searching for food, but they might be more. Um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They might be uh, more into specific areas where there's only a little bit of amount of food left. Um, you know, it talks about a whole bunch of different stuff. Okay, somebody posed a question to me not very long ago, and I, I'm like, I had to, I had to respond with, you know what? <laughs> I don't know, because <laughs> I don't. Um, do you have an opinion as to the quality of bear meat? that comes off a spring bear versus a fall bear. Okay. So I've, I've killed two spring bear. Cause in, in this state, it's a special draws we will discuss, or as some yep. will already know. And I've killed several fall and, and late summer bears. I haven't noticed really a difference in the taste. Um, 
the spring bears, when I started to skin them, they smelt like a normal animal when you cut them open. But the, and I always check their stomachs because I just want to see what they're eating. I think that tells me a lot about their behavior. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I always check bear stomachs after I've cleaned them out. Um, but the fall bears, lots of them, they smell just like a berry pie. Like right when you cut them open, it smells like jam. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And I mean, I even, there's pictures in the book too, where I split open the stomach and there's like, the blackberries aren't even chewed. It's just like you picked a bunch of blackberries and threw it in the bear's stomach. Wow. Um, I, I've thought about even, I mean, I'd have to have a, a cracker or something, but put a little bit of that on a cracker and give it a shot. <laughs> like, Spread it out. <laughs> yeah. It, lo- it looks just like jam. Smells just like jam. It's crazy. Huh. Interesting. But cool. I, I found the meat, the meat's tasty either way, spring or fall. I haven't had an issue. It's pretty good anyway. either way. Yeah. No, yeah. Like you don't have a preference. Oh, I'd rather shoot a fall bear because it tastes like this kind of thing. No, no. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's switch gears here, man. Um, and, and I, cause this is going to be a tough subject and I'm going to try to do it without losing my shit. Um, I'm pretty bent out of shape about your, uh, Washington fish and game commission. Uh, can you walk us through, first of all, kind of the history of spring bear hunting or bear hunting in general in the state of Washington? Uh, I can do some of it. So I'm I'm far from an expert, but I'll tell you kind of what I know. Um, so, you know, in the early 90s, like 94, 96, uh, baiting and hounds and then leg hold traps. Also, that got voted by the people. That's outlawed. You can't hunt bear with bait or hounds. And so that 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 was not like a legislative or commission vote. That was a general pop populist kind of vote. Yes, to my recollection, that was a general populace. Somebody got an initiative on there. So in this state, I think if you get like 100,000 signatures, you can get an initiative to get voted on. Yep, yep. Um, And that's what happened. Okay. And that was prior to me even hunting bear. Um, So the only bear hunting I've really known in this state has been spotter stock, that type of stuff, predator call. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to where we are now. Um, We've had spring bear hunts for years and years and years and years. For the most part, the tags vary from year to year depending on the need. But, for example, last year there was like 665 tags allotted. And this is a special draw. You have to put in like a permit just like or like a like a lottery, just like you guys have to do in Idaho for certain things. Sure. Um, so of that 665 allotted permits, 143 or 145 bear were killed. Uh-huh. Of that, one lactating sow was documented. And that's important because one of the commissioners made a big stink about how the the, the problem is, is we're trying to protect the female, the, the sows, and, and so that they can raise their cubs so they don't get hurt. Right. Okay. And so the other thing, too, is one of the commissioners brought up the, the high percentage of bears being taken well. If you're only taking 143 bears out of, and let's just say that the low conservative estimate for the bear population of, of Washington is 20,000 bears. That's like the low. The low, Most, yeah. The yeah. department is actually saying like 30,000 or more. So if it's the low 20 grand, you're still only taking a fraction of 1% during that spring bear hunt. So it's not detrimental whatsoever to the overall population sustainability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I 
really quick, I agree with you too. This got me pretty heated and I'm glad it was like a week or more before I got on a podcast because it would have been just F-bombs left and right. It wouldn't have been pretty. So <laughs> I'm glad I've had time to cool down. Well, this is a Western Huntsman, man. Feel free to drop an F-bomb here and there. <laughs> so anyway, so <clears throat> um, where was it? So the, the spring bear hunt is a special draw. We have an over-the-counter fall hunt that ranges from August 1st till November 15th. And that has just recently changed, I think, a year or two ago to where it used to be you could get two bear on the west side of the mountains uh-huh. or one bear on the west and one on the east of the mountains, but not two on the east, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, that makes now, sense. Okay. Now it is two bear statewide. So the and and it used to start August 15th on the east side of the mountains too so it started a little bit it started 15 days later and you used to only be able to get one bear on the east side now it's august 1st two bears statewide okay so So, go ahead so that has changed a little bit um with that the harvest the general harvest increased a little bit um but again it was within the sustainable parameters defined by the department of fish and wildlife and the biologists as far as the population can handle it, that it's not an issue. Yeah. And I mean, that's always the case, right? The, the I, I think that a lot of people, especially people that are not hunters and uh, especially even more so are the anti hunters. They act like these species and, and certain populations based on, on whatever regional area they're, they're, you know, concerned about, they always downplay the health of the population. And, you know, the, like there's there's groups here in Idaho um, that, that talk about how, you know, our wolf population is in danger. We need to stop these these uh, vicious hunters from going after the wolves. <laughs> and what, what, what they don't understand. Uh, well, they do understand it's 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 just a pro- propaganda machine. But, you know, what, when you're talking about these kind of species, like people don't realize how many bears are on the landscape. There's a lot. If I always, I was telling my wife, we, so I, I don't know if you know this. My wife and I, we live, we live on like this homestead thing and it's, it's a homestead because we haven't built a house yet. We're living in, in a, in a fifth wheel and we've got wall tents and all sorts of stuff set up here. And we're, we're basically living off grid for, for a while until our house gets built, which is looking like it's further away than we thought because, you know, all the influx of people that have, you know, escaped Seattle and California coming to Idaho have all our builders locked out. So that's <laughs> irritating. But um, so, by the way, if anybody listening knows a good builder in North Idaho, uh, hit me up, Jim at the Western Huntsman.com. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that out there. Right. Anyways, when we're sitting kind of in our in, in like the home building so- spot and we have like this this campfire thing set up and, and you can look across um, the the valley and then this big mountain goes up. And it's the very north end of the Coeur d'Alene National Forest, uh, the the mighty Coeur d'Alene's, and it, it's a it's a huge uh, national forest area. Um, and this mountain, what I was telling my wife, like if you could all of a sudden lift up all those trees and expose what's alive on those mountains, I think you would be blown away with how many black bears would be there. Because there's a ton. We, we have a ton of bears, and I know Washington is a great bear state, and I know this because we have a huge audience base in Washington, and a lot of them are bear hunters, and they send them to me, and I, I follow all this stuff. So 
20,000 bears, when you're talking about 143 of them, was it? You said were harvested in the last yeah. spring hunt. Yeah. That's that's less than half of 1%, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm no I'm no scientist or mathematician, but but that doesn't even make a dent on on the healthy, very healthy population of black bears in the state of Idaho. And I think that it's it's important that foundationally we we bring that up in this episode. Uh, so that people understand that this it is not a situation where we need to save the black bears in Washington. It's that's just not the case. Do you have anything to add to that? If that was the case, I'd be the first one to stand up and hand my bear tag. In. Me too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would. You know, if they said, "Hey, our population is in dire straits. We have got to cut it off completely for you know five years." I would campaign for it. I'd be like, look, you know, our, our population can't sustain it. There's problems. Let's cut it back. But that's not the case. You know, I, I constantly hear follow the science as we've had shoved down our throats for the last two years in regards to COVID. Yeah, um, yeah. Follow the and, <laughs> and when the science is presented by the Department of Fish and Wildlife and their biologists, they don't want to follow the science. They, the science doesn't fit their narrative. It, it doesn't come it from the Humane does. Society. Yeah, it never does. Science does, and let's talk about that. I, I that's a good that's a good way for me to bring this up. I don't know, Douglas, if there's a if there's a group out there that makes my blood boil more than the Humane Society of the United States. And and Kitty Block, the CEO or the the president CEO, CEO, she's like public enemy number one. I want to pull this if I could find it here. Because um, which by the way, I found the oddest letter to Governor Inslee. From the Center of Biological Diversity um, that was addressed. Oh, that's not the article. Talking about your wolf situation, and and I just that's I think what bothers me a lot is why is it that the Center for Bio, Biological Diversity and the Humane Society of the United States has enough influence to get a get a governor to write a letter to the director of the Fish and Game. To talk about the wolf management plan that is in place that, um, you know, currently in the state of Washington, you guys can't even hunt wolves. No, we can't, which is ridiculous because it's most hunters dude, it's know super ridiculous. They're everywhere over there. Most hunters know who are out in the field. They realize that there's tons of wolves all over the place. They're going completely unmanaged. They're decimating our elk herd in the blues. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's yeah. And and how how the Humane Society can get the governor governor's ears because she's an environmental nut in the first place. And yeah. so, of course, he's going to want to listen to those people. Then, you know, real quick, when we were talking in the beginning, you know, Idaho, Oregon, whoever, as hunters, well, that doesn't concern my state. The Humane Society or other PETA, other type of animal rights groups, they don't care what state it's in. They care about the topic itself. And we as hunters need to start realizing it's the top of a topic of hunting or fishing, and we need to be concerned with that, not worry about the region that it's being yeah. uh, taken away from. We we need to get rid of in, in our minds. We need to get rid of the state lines. We, it, right. Just in our minds, we got we've got to eliminate the state lines and consider ourselves as one as hunters, right? Because here's here's how they word it: the Humane Society is not some fact-based, uh, you know, do-gooder of all things animals. They, these people are propaganda machines that will spew whatever emotional bullshit that they can come up with to get people to donate to them. This is their game. It's a cottage industry. 
and and this is how they go and and uh, like I said before Kitty Block is is like public enemy number 1 this lady is a former employee of PETA which anybody associated with PETA in my book has no credibility that, like that that group is they should be considered terrorists in my opinion they, yeah they're nuts they they're freaking nuts and so the humane society of the united states they bring Kitty Block on as the president and CEO after that last dude, I can't remember, Wayne or something, uh, was was uh, accused of sexual harassment or something like that. So they bring her on, and she's all over the place. She does nothing different than he did in terms of how they spend their money. I mean, she, they pay her somewhere in the neighborhood of just as a base salary, seven hundred and twenty grand for a nonprofit president and CDO, CEO. So all this money that's getting donated by these people that they're pulling the wool over, a lot of that goes to her salary. Okay. She wrote this little blog, and I want to get your reaction on this. Uh, from the humanesociety.org, uh, it's on their blog site. Regarding the Washington spring bear hunt, and the headline is victory. After public outcry, there will be no spring bear hunt in Washington. And and I want people listening to this to pay attention to the wording that is used in this, because that will tell you everything you need to know about how this propaganda is spread and how people fall for it. So here, here it is. Today, the Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission voted to set aside the 2022 spring bear hunt. The 4-4 to four vote means that mother bears and their dependent cubs will be protected from trophy hunting at a time when they are most vulnerable. Bears need time to pack on weight and raise their newborn cubs after winter hibernation rather than being chased down while hungry and lethargic and killed as trophies. So Douglas, when I read something like that... Um, I know there's people out there that don't know anything about hunting and wildlife management. They live in these big cities, and they they and I, I this is like I, I sound like a broken. I'm at the risk of sounding like a broken record on this this podcast because these are the people that donate, and and they've got the money, and they they read stuff like this, and and when they say like she she goes on to talk about the commission prioritizes the public's humane values and the need to avoid cub orphaning over trophy hunting interests and the desire to acquire more heads, hides, claws for display and bragging rights. So I ask you, as somebody who's been a very successful bear hunter, when you go out, is the goal head, hides, and claws to display for bragging rights? Is that is that what your goal is? No. Um, would, would you consider yourself a trophy hunter? No, I would not. Uh There's so much to be said about that entire little blurb from Mm -hmm. the Humane Society. It's it. it, For for one, why is it bad that a hunter who is legally bound to take the meat of a bear or a deer or an elk also takes the hide and takes the rack or takes the head or takes the claws or or takes the bear hide itself? Why is that? Why is that not respectful to the animal? Would you rather I waste it out in the woods? This is this is what hunters and humans have done since the dawn of time. Absolutely. So the the, the meat the, is a priority, right? It, it, that's a priority. But the, the meat is a priority, but you know, I will always take a hide, even if the hide is rubbed really bad. I will still probably take that hide because i will tan it and i will throw it on a chair or i will take the claws and i will make a necklace out of it yeah i will do something along those lines 
to where I'm using that resource. And like you said, that honors the bear, that honors the animal. It'll be forever remembered versus rotting in the forest somewhere. Um, but like oh, like right now in my man cave, I'm surrounded by, you know, I've got a half mount, full mount, rugs, hides. None of this is in my man cave so I can drag people in here and be like, hey, look what I did. Like none of that is. It's it's here for me. I can be like, hey, I remember that spring bear hunt or I was hunting with my brother or man, that was a crappy pack out. You know, all those things. It's it's remembrance for me, not for yep. bragging rights. I could care less about bragging about anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way, man. Do you just a, a side note, do you tan your own hides? Uh no, so I'll I have a couple of taxidermists um who are friends of mine too, and so I'll I'll skin it out and then um send it to them and then they'll flush it out and uh tan it and so I mean I can I have done deer hides and stuff like that, rabbit hides, blah blah blah, but I with bear hides I just send it out usually. Hey, where where are you at in Washington? I am in a little teeny town called Conway. Is that south of Olympia? It is north. So I'm about I'm about 80 miles south of the Canadian border. Oh, you're way up there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure yeah. out where, where you're at. So, uh, cause I, I got a lot of friends over there, man. And a and, lot of them have been on this show. Nice. So, and, and, and going back to that, to that article real quick. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of non hunters, um, not necessarily anti hunters, but non hunters, especially in the spring, they think that we wait outside of a of a bear den and then you know shoot the mom and then club the 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 cub and then yeah make slippers out of it yeah which is farthest from the truth because that's the picture that the Humane Society of the United States paints right and, and you said it you said it back when when they did that and they were checking out of the 143 bears only one of them was actually lactating and and, and who's to say she even had cubs that that cub wasn't already dead. Yeah, very true. Very true. That that cub was most likely gone already to a boar who got um, jealous and hungry, right? And, and so right. you think about that and the way, but that that's not how they word that. No, no. It's it. it she talks about um, other wild animals who depend on this keystone species in their forest ecosystem. I wanted to, there was another part in this, and I always hate it takes forever to find. When they were talking about being starving and lethargic. Yeah, 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 starving and lethargic. Yeah. So I don't that. know. I don't know if many animals that are very fat and happy out in the wild. Most of the time, animals are hungry. You know, with the exception of maybe a bear sitting on top of a carcass that he just ate 60 pounds of elk meat on, or um, you know, a cougar or something. Yeah. For those day or two, they they are fat and happy. But other than that, most animals in the wild are hungry. That's why they're hunting. That's why they're foraging. Um, and I, you know, I have never seen a lethargic bear as far as in the spring, like it's doped up. Again, I I really think that they're trying to portray that as soon as they come out of the den, that that's when we, uh, you know, shoot the bear or something yeah. to that effect. They might be a little bit out of sorts for about two hours coming out of the den. But they make it sound like for like two months, they're lethargic and starved and desperate. And yeah, I know what you're yeah. saying, man. It's, yeah. it's way off. It's way off point. So a great example of this is I was watching Meteor last night and they have on this season on Netflix, Clay Newcomb and Steve are out hunting bear in Montana. It's a spring bear hunt. They get winded by a bear that is 800 yards away from where they are sitting. And that bear takes off, like off and running. That bear was neither lethargic or unaware of his surroundings. He was very aware and he was off and running. 
So that's just a prime example of the false narrative that they are yeah, trying to push. It's totally false. <laughs> I've seen plenty of bears in the spring and none of them are lethargic. I'm sorry. Right. It's just not, it's not even, uh, it's not a relevant point. You know, and, and if you, if you read further in this article, the other point I wanted to hit on that, because you and I both know, and I hope the audience is, is kind of catching onto this, that, you know, the spring bears, uh, you know, when they come out, they're not helpless. The other point to this is she writes, even if hunters tried to avoid killing mother bears with nursing cubs, it still happens far too frequently. Uh, by that, one out of 143 must be uh, far too infrequent or tar- uh, far too frequent. Well, OK, let's play your game. Mm-hmm. Let's say that spring bears are orphaning cubs. What can we do to stop that? We can bring back baiting because when you bait you have ample time to watch that bear and ensure that they are not a sow with cubs, but it's a mature boar. That's a but of course, we're not going to go with that. Yeah, that's a great point. They'll have an and argument, yeah. but but that's a great point. Yeah. And, and it's a great point because you've been there. You've done that. You've seen that. You, I, I've seen that. Uh, I had I had a, 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 a mother coming in with, with two <clears> cubs. And, and actually, it's kind of fun when I, I hit my bait barrel. They're fun to watch. They're entertaining as all get out. Uh, oh, I, I, I love the watch. I really, it. I wanted to take one of those cubs home and show my girls, but um, they were just brand new. But anyway, she writes uh, after after that far too frequently since a mother bear often keeps her cubs in a tree while venturing off to forage for food, and trophy hunters are notoriously bad at identifying the sex of a bear before the killing. There's two points I want to make with that and get your take. First of all, they they purposely and maliciously put trophy in front of hunters in every in every line on this this entire i read this entire article it's long so i'm not going to bore the audience with it but they don't just say bear hunters they don't just say hunters they don't say sportsmen they don't say outdoorsmen they don't say any of that they say trophy hunters and 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 i'm sorry but trophy hunter is the the way that they could demonize us without using factual information it's it's like it's like in politics you know when somebody doesn't have an argument what do they say oh you're a racist oh i I can't argue with you so you're a racist it's like the same kind of thing like you don't have a substantial argument so what you want to do is call me names and call me a trophy hunter two Notoriously bad at identifying the sex of a bear before the killing. So you're saying a goddamn bird watcher is better at going in the forest and identifying the gender of a bear as if it's only hunters that have this problem and as if hunters are out there wiping out a bunch of sows with cubs. It's so it's so far from reality. This stuff just gets under my skin so bad I can't even sleep at night, man. (laughs) I'm with you. Uh, you know, I was, my blood pressure was through the roof the last couple of weeks and I'm still hot about it. And I, I, I was texting people about it and I was like, my soul is smoldering about this entire situation. Cause it just reeks of bullshit. Totally. The, the reason they use that word, that term trophy hunter is because it insinuates that the hunter is only taking the hide as a trophy yeah. or the tusks or whatever it might be. But we all know that that is not the case, that it's illegal for us to waste the meat, that we are not trophy hunters just because we happen to take the hide along with it. Yeah. Um, 
And so that's why they say that. And if, and if she's saying that, you know, um, hunters in Washington are, uh, needlessly killing sows. Well, our harvest take last year, I believe, or, uh, this most previous season, we've had the lowest sow take, which was under 10% of the entire 2000 some odd bears that were taken through both seasons. Um, we've had the lowest sow take in like a decade. So hunters are getting nothing but better at judging that. And that's, that's also part of the reason also, I, that's a lower number on top of that that are actually sows with cubs so sorry i cut well, you off yeah yeah and just because it's a sow it's not a sow with cubs necessarily um it could be a dry sow it could be a sow um anything without you know there's, without a, there's a million different things that could happen there uh, right the, the sow may not have been bred uh the the cubs are already dead the or or you know the the bears are they, they they're beyond the breeding age or or whatever there's a million different things that could happen there Right. And, the, but the point is, is that it's improving as well. Like, um, you know, in my book, I talk about how to judge male bears from, from female bears. It is difficult, but it is possible. Again, mm-hmm. if that's a problem, bring back hounds, bring back baiting, because that will ensure that that's not an issue. Yeah. But you know, they're not going to do that. But if they, if they were really concerned about saving sows, they would bring back baiting and hounds, but they're not, that's not their point. No, not at all, not at all. And and I know I'm 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 very much stuck on this Humane Society article and and what their influence has been. But they have they have created I for me for me I personally I am sick and tired of these groups like the Humane Society of the United States taking advantage of the the funding dollars that they have to influence shit way that, that is not even based in reality and people falling for it. I, I am sick and tired of it and I'm ready to do things that counter those measures. And I'm not sure exactly how that's all going to come together, but I'm working on a lot of ideas. These groups need to be put in check. They, they need to stop having so much influence on our state legislatures and our, our governors and our, our you know, wildlife, com- or I'm sorry, fishing game commissions, all of that, it, it needs to stop. It needs to stop because they're liars. This this kitty block is a liar. She is a bullface liar. I watched a few videos with her uh, earlier today just to kind of gear up for all this information. I didn't know how much involvement that the Humane Society had on this. And same with the Center for Biological Diversity. These groups are liars. They're full of like these pedophile leadership people that, that sexually harass everybody. That's why they're changing over leadership like toilet paper. All the time, these people are they, they are not real people. They're not like you and I. They're not just your a- average, everyday American. These are fanatics that have fanatical viewpoints and are willing to do and say anything to get their fanatical view uh, listened to. And so I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because I want to circle back to the commission, Douglas. And I, and I, I apologize. I keep going on taking us down uh, different paths here. No, it's okay. Like, I, I get it. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, too, how much, how many acres have the Humane Society conserved for None. any animal? None. None. Right? Zero. It, it, it It's astounding that people keep falling for the heartstrings getting pulled. Mm-hmm. Well, a Sarah McLaughlin song plays while you're watching a dog in a cage type of thing. It's, yeah. it's silly. Well, yeah, and, and they, they don't even help dogs and cats. The Humane Society of the United States... And we've talked about this on the show a million times. They don't help your local shelters. They don't save dogs and cats. They don't do any of that. Their dollars are spent lobbying 
for shit like this this uh, bear hunting ban that just took place in Washington. Right. Well, here we are, and it's already almost Christmas time, and you might be buying for that hunter in your life, or you're buying for yourself. Let's start with the WesternHuntsman.com. If you go there and check out the gear tab, we've got all the Tacticam equipment. So if you know or you are interested in filming your hunt, jump on the WesternHuntsman.com forward slash gear and check out the Tacticam products from the cameras to the reveal cell cams to everything else and all the attachments. It's all there. You can also check out the merchandise tab and get you a cool t-shirt or a coffee mug or something like that. And when you do make a purchase on the WesternHuntsman.com, a portion of that proceed goes towards the fight against anti-hunters moving on i want to talk to you about scree gear scree is extreme mountain gear built for the wild it's a great company with great gear that's not going to break the bank some of my favorite scree items are the hard scrabble pants the hard scrabble vest is super versatile get your complete layering system to the kodiak pants and i love the bridger glassing mitt so keep your hands warm when you're out there glass in the mountain doing your thing so check it out at screegear.com and don't forget to use the promo code the western huntsman for 15 percent off and free shipping man that's a great deal check it out screegear.com let's talk about Phelps Game Calls, the oldest sponsor on the Western Huntsman podcast. Phelps Game Calls has a full lineup of elk calls, predator calls, deer calls, duck calls, anything you need call-wise. Check it out at phelpsgamecalls.com. Phelps is a true American story built from the blood and sweat and tears of Jason Phelps himself from his garage to what it is now one of the premier call companies out there on the market. I love these guys. It's a great company, great products, all backed by great warranties. Check it out at phelpsgamecalls.com and don't forget to use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Last but not least, check out Hoffman Boots. Hoffman Boots are my go-to boot. They have been for many, many years. Uh, I love this company. They are built right here in North Idaho. And if you are in the market for a new set of mountain boots, hunting boots, uh, you need to check them out. I love my Explorers. You can get the Explorers in the 8-inch, the 6-inch. You can get the Summits. That's another great boot. Personally, I haven't tried them, but I, I can attest that if they're anything as good as the Explorers, you will not be disappointed. So go to hoppinboots.com and check it out. Use promo code all caps lock, by the way. Huntsman 10. Huntsman 10 for 10% off on your next Hoffman Boots purchase. Guys, that's it for sponsors. I sure appreciate you guys tuning into the show. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and leave us a review if you wouldn't mind. It goes a long way to help the show. Let's get back into it. Here we go. So, in terms of the commission, and I want to I start this conversation with... Um, well, first of all, I, I have reached out to all the all the commissioners in the uh, Washington Fish and Game Commission. None of them have, have responded, um, which is no big surprise. Uh, but but none of them have responded, and it could just be like I think it was you that told me. Well, they might be inundated with a lot of different emails and voicemails, but I've I've left emails and voicemails for all of them because I do I want them to come on and explain themselves. But I was reading through on the Washington Department of Fish and Game on the website, going through the commission, and kind of reading their biographies. Dude, where in the hell did you guys find these people? Like these are so, not outdoorsmen. These are not hunters. 
we didn't find them. They're appointed by the governor. So you see yeah. how convoluted yeah, yeah. this is. Mm-hmm. So when you have an environmental wacko governor who gets to appoint, like the Supreme Court, gets to appoint people who are in charge of policy that the Fish and Game Department have to follow, you can see how this can turn south real quick. It, it's sickening, man. The, like people in Washington are getting the wool pulled over their eyes with this commission. And, I, and I, I, I'd love for one of them to come on and prove me wrong. So if if any of them are listening, I want you to come on my show and talk about it. I, I think that when you make a decision like this, you owe it to the people of Washington to explain yourself, to explain this position and and make people understand why you can make such a ludicrous, emotionally charged decision that affects people that you have nothing to do with. So I've, I'm reading through this, Douglas, and and like a lot of them will will make some remark in their little bio how you know oh you know we love spending time outdoors and fishing and camping and hunting and blah 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 maybe they shot a pheasant when they were 13 years old or something so they can call themselves a hunter but but when you compare that to other state wildlife uh, commissions uh, fishing game commissioners you know like like our folks here in Washington whether whether you agree with them or not they are pretty much all big time hunters and they've come on my show. I've had the director of the Idaho Fishing Game on this show. I've had one of the commissioners on this show. And they come on and they talk about their decisions. And and they are hunters. They are out there in the field. Like they're they're specific. You know, I'm a big time September archery elk hunter or I'm a I'm a big time bear hunter. But not the case with the Washington folks. Like like this is they these are not people that should be on on a fishing game commission. In my opinion, these are not the right people to represent the wildlife in the state of Washington because the wildlife needs hunters. Hunters are what make the wildlife productive on the landscape, not PETA, not Humane Society of the United States, not Center for Biological Diversity. It's hunters that have recovered our species throughout North America and, and made the abundance of wild game that we experience today. How did these people end up there, man? I, it's just, it blows my mind. Well, you know, elections have consequences. And it, it blows my mind how Washington, I've watched this beautiful state of mine through the last 45 years of my life, just tank, go downhill. Not just not just wildlife-wise, but crime, Politics, drug use. Yeah, 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 I mean, just everything. And it's just plummeted. And I don't understand why people keep voting the same way. It blows my mind. And, I know. It, you know, I, I don't get it. And, and you're right. I, I've emailed uh, four of the no votes on the commission. One got back to me, uh, Commissioner Smith, Lorna Smith, and she fully admitted she yep. has never hunted bear and never will. And her wording for her reasoning behind why she chose to vote no is very similar, coincidentally, to the article from the Humane Society and a couple other anti-hunting groups where she claimed that bear were starving, lethargic, and less able to avoid um, dangers during this time. Yeah, so she, it, she's it the sounds, one that you've referenced a few times, right? Where she, where it's it's more of this, um, I don't think it's ethically right to hunt spring bear because they're so lethargic and blah, blah, blah. And that was the underpinning, quote, unquote, of her reasoning of her vote. Yeah. So if you have a commissioner who already thinks that spring bear hunting is unethical in the first place, as the core of her belief, what science is going to change that? 
regardless of what science, whatever science it is. She already believes that it's unethical to hunt spring bear, period. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And by that, she has bias, and she should be removed from the commission immediately. She has been appointed. She has not been confirmed. So what happens is if the governor appoints these people, and then the legislature confirmed them. Yep. Um, her, Kuntz, and one other who was a yes vote um, is not confirmed as of yet. So my goal is to make sure that Commissioner Smith is not confirmed and she is removed from the commission and replaced with somebody who at least doesn't have a pre-existing bias against hunting in the first place. It's so important. That is so important. So whatever we can do from my standpoint, man, if you if you can – you know, if you have suggestions as to how my show can help get that to that point, because this this Lorna Smith, let's see, uh, she's the ex- she's a retired executive director for the Wild uh, Western Wildlife Outreach. Um, you know, there there's a lot in just her bio on on the on the actual website that suggests she is just an anti-hunting individual. And, and that's okay. You know, personally, I don't have any problem with somebody being an anti-hunter as long as they don't try to force those beliefs on me, right? And and that's that's where the line – and that's where, you know, I always hate bring. You, – you've talked about, you know, you're conservative and, and there's not a lot of conservatives and, uh, you know, in the state of Washington or whatever. Um, I always hate to bring politics into this because, it, you know, hunting bears should not be a political issue. Um, whether you're liberal or conservative, whether you're you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or a libertarian, hunting should not be a political issue. But what happens is we've got this one political party that seems to think that their beliefs are the only beliefs that matter. And so everybody else has to follow along or you're going to get canceled or you're going to get, you know, um, banned or you're, you what you do is going to get banned or you're going to, you know, what is with that mentality? Like this is the land of the free. This is united. Last time I checked, we were a nation of free people. And so to come on, and, and bring this ideology where you have a fundamental disagreement as an individual, an ethical problem with a hunt. Why would you serve or be appointed to a, a, a board of commissioners whose job it is is to manage the hunting in the state based on science? Well, because then you're, you're just bringing emotions. You're just bringing emotions at that point. The, the reason she's on that commission or the reason I expect these type of people are on that commission is so they can get rid of hunting in the, and you know, in the first place, that's why they would join such a thing. I agree. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even bother me if, if the commission was filled with, with non hunters, if it was filled with non hunters who took the advice of the biologists from the department of fish and wildlife and the fish and wildlife's um, advice, if mm-hmm. they took it that as for how it was presented, I would be fine with that because the department said, hey, th- there's nothing wrong with, with continuing this hunt. We're not concerned about the population. Um, it's needed to take care of uh, timber damage, um, human-bear interaction. It helps with the ungulate, uh, fawn, and calving population. You know, this is a positive thing. Any any non-biased person would hear that information and be like, all right, I don't see why this hunt shouldn't continue. Yep. But it's, it's that anti-hunting bias that is the underpinning of their votes. That is their core belief. That is definitely a problem. Man, that is that 
that's a that's a wonderful point that I want I want to I want to talk about that for a minute because you're exactly right, man. If if they just found somebody that's not necessarily a hunter, but they're not necessarily an anti-hunter, they're a pragmatic individual that will sit down and say, okay. Um, I listened to I listened to the Humane Society of the United States viewpoint on this, and they don't like it. Um, but you are a wildlife biologist in the field. What is your take on it? And they're they're absorbing this information. They can come to the end uh, of of this discussion and understand that the real benefits to the the actual bear in the state of Washington is to have this hunting uh, season in the spring. It's it's not detrimental. It's not bad for the bears. It's not bad for the ungulates. It's not bad for the wildlife and the landscape and environmental impacts. All these things that can go into it, uh, none of that is bad. Um, they could look at that and say, okay, let's continue on the spring bear bear hunt. In fact, let's maybe up the permits. Let, let's up, up the tag numbers because I imagine, uh, Douglas, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I imagine it's, it's you know not super easy to draw a spring bear tag in the in the state of Washington. No, it depends on the unit. Um, you know, a lot of people put in and they don't get drawn for five, ten years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough. I was drawn twice, but I've got five or six points for the unit I usually apply for now. Um, so oh, so been, it is a point system? Yeah. So every every year you don't get drawn, you get a, a point that statistically adds a slight percentage chance better to be drawn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's it's so interesting, man, because I, I I'm just kind of I'm still stuck on this. Uh, your commissioners in in the state, you know, some of the other people on there that they have. I you know I I love going to a zoo and seeing all these animals and whatever. But the uh, somebody that was basically the vice president of of the you know Woodland Park Zoo, which I've been to that zoo. Zoologists are generally not hunters, right? And and just I I'm just questioning I, after reading this like it was a shock to the system reading about the actual members of your board of commissioners that are serving in this capacity. They, it's it's nauseating, dude. They don't have any business being there. No, many of them do not. And but you know so there's a silver lining to this whole situation, and and that is something. Uh, you know, I almost I don't equate it to uh, Pearl Harbor, but it kind of reminds me of it um, yeah. since Pearl Harbor is tomorrow in that they have definitely woke up a lot of people, a lot of hunters through this vote. Like because we weren't expecting it wasn't a vote in the first place if the hunt should continue or not. Ethics were not part of the write up. The only write up for from the state, from the Department of Fish and Wildlife was, hey, we might take four permits from this obscure uh, bear management unit on the coast, drop it down from 10 to six. And we're going to change some wording in the rules in regards to how you're supposed to check the bear hide, the tooth, the skull in with the department. That's it. Mm -hmm. So put in your comments. We expect the spring bear hunt to continue, put in your online comments and so off and running. And so you read that and you're like, all right, this is nothing major. This is just, you know, four tags and some wording. Good to go. The department even said that they expected the spring hunt to continue as it has for, you know, for years. Um, And so when it got axed, that blindsided and pretty much sucker punched a lot of hunters. And we're like, wait, what? You know, this wasn't even a topic. How does this even happen? Yeah. And so through that, 
it's it's pissed off a lot of people and it's caused us to focus our attention on this commission and what they're up to next um because there's other stuff coming right down the road in regards to elk hunting in the blues and and cougar management down there well the spotlight needs to be on them right now like we need to hold them accountable man this is we it needs to be in in my opinion this thing cannot get dropped we can't be pissed for a few weeks and send some letters and then call it a day and go on. No, absolutely. You know, we need, we need to create a freaking ruckus with, with your, your board of commissioners in in the state of Washington. This needs to be going on all winter long. Like they need to know that this was a mistake and it will not be tolerated and that they are being watched and monitored. And, and we need thousands and thousands of hunters to chime in with their voice and they don't need to be from Washington to do so. No, and I would agree with that. Like, I'm not letting this go. Yeah, this is going to be I won't something either, that, man. I won't that, either. that I'm going to be dealing with. Um, you know, if it's by myself, it'll be by myself. But I don't think it will be. I think there's a lot of people who are not happy about this and who are going to be vocal. And that's what we need. Mm-hmm. We, You're right. We can't let this go for like a week or two and then be like, oh, okay. We have to be consistent with our pressure. Um, and I know it's getting felt. I know that they're feeling the how, squeeze from people. How do you know that? Like, what what's going on where where you feel like they're they they know that the pressure is on now? Well, I know that they're getting a lot of emails and phone calls from people who I've talked to. Um, I was involved in the public comment on this past week in regards to the spring bear hunt. That a hundred well forty five people signed up to speak. One hundred eleven ended up. Um, trying to chime in, but they only had, you know, enough time for an hour and a half of comment. I was actually called out on the Zoom meeting with the department personally by the commission. So I know that I'm getting under their skin and I'm proud of that. I don't want to send you a t-shirt for that, man. (laughs) Let, Let me ask you this. Is, is the situation in Washington as such, so I live in North Idaho. I do a lot of work uh, for my day job in the state of Washington, so I know there's some some funky shit going on with, like, the COVID laws. Is that why they're not having in-person meetings? Yeah, it's a COVID thing. Because yeah. that's, that's a very nice little protection for them. Uh, because if we can organize an in-person Fish and Game Commission meeting and, and there were, you know, a thousand hunters that showed up, that would make an impact. But but they they're they're not doing that at all, huh? No, and even so, if you get the shot or whatever. And, and part of the problem with that, with so during during the open comment period for the amended law for spring bear with the drop of the permits and the changing of wording, there was an online comment period, and then they extended that, which I found odd, um, because I don't think that normally happens. Not usually, no. Not usually. And then after that, they did a public comment period where it was flooded with anti-hunting in-person or excuse me, Zoom meetings, uh, Zoom comments, right, Um, Mm -hmm. from across the nation. And during that comment period, it was like it was 90 to to 10 percent. So it was like 90 percent anti-hunting, 10 percent pro-hunting. And that happened on the second Friday of our modern deer firearm season. When everybody's in the field, everyone's in the field. Nobody, nobody was expecting it to be an issue about ethics or any of that effect. And so everyone just left their comments. And then I was like, Oh, this is, 
no big deal. I'm going to go hunting. Now, I don't know if that was coincidence or on purpose, but it smells south of cheese in my opinion. Well, Doug, Doug what, what's your gut feeling tell you? Like, did, was that, was, I, for me, my gut feeling says that that was not by accident, that they well, did that when the, the hunting season was just opening up. I emailed them about that and they said, hey, those meetings happen on Fridays or Saturdays. And I said, well, okay. Well, when I emailed them, I said, look, you had 365 days to pick a day for this public comment and you pick that day. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, it happens on Fridays or Saturdays. I'm like, okay, good. Well, you had 105 days and you pick, you know, the busiest hunting time of the year to do that. It's, it just doesn't that's sit no, right. That's it, no co- coincidence, man. That smells funny. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this, Doug. Um, is, do you feel like when the public comment period was going on, did did hunters in Washington come through? Did they pull through and they, they actually made comments and they were just ignored? Or do you feel like there was a lack of participation in that? No, I think the online comments were ignored. And I think they paid attention to the cat ladies on the Zoom meeting. Um, the, <laughs> do you listen to my show or something? Like, how do you know we make fun of cat ladies all the time? Those are the ones that, that donate money all the time to Humane Society of uh, the United States. Right. <laughs> so the, the online comments were like 70% pro um, spring bear, you know, expand it, keep it, blah, 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 30% against. And I think a lot of that 30%, I don't know for sure, but I'm willing to bet a lot of that 30% came when they ex- extended the online comment period. Because mm. I'm willing to bet some people in the department or on the commission or something to that effect went back and said, hey, look, we need some anti-bear hunting comments. Let's fill that in. And we're also having a meeting on, you know, Friday the 22nd when everyone's out hunting. So make sure and sign up. So I, my opinion, that's kind of what happened. You know, I'm going <laughs> to, it's funny as we're talking that the dude I told you referred me to you, Mike Hers. He's yeah. all, he's texting me. He's like, here's some information you could use when you're talking to, to Doug. I'm like, dude, I'm already talking to him. I can't read through that. <laughs> well, and, and like, also I, I read through some of the comments and a lot of the comments not all of them, but, but there was a lot of duplicates. So, you know, Nancy from New Jersey, I hate bear hunting. And then it was, I also hate bear hunting. Nancy from New Jersey. Like it was like, you yeah, know, they would yeah. duplicate their comments to make it look greater than what it was. You know, interestingly, um, a couple of years ago, I, I would have thought that some kind of concerted effort to like silence one side and, and just only cater to the other side. And, uh, almost, almost kind of scratching at the the surface of you know the iceberg that is conspiracy theorist kind of territory and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I didn't, I didn't buy into a lot of it, and like I'm, am, I am totally on the opposite side. I do not <laughs> trust these people, man. I, I do think that they purposely had that going while while deer season was opening up. I do think that they purposely extended comment periods so that they can get more input from the you know 30% is a lot better than 10% from the anti hunters. And yeah. and and I I believe that they put the information out there. You know, if you get on like Facebook and you want to run like an ad or something and you can specify like you could follow you you can you could type in there People that follow a bunch of groups like the Humane Society of the United States or Center for Biological Diversity and all these things, 
and and you could target those people to get them to engage in things that they wouldn't normally engage in just because they follow some certain page. And and I I've recommended this for a while, but any hunter out there, you should follow all these anti-hunting groups and you should make your voice heard. If you are on Facebook, Facebook's already nasty, make it nastier. Follow those groups and comment and fight these people. Because that's what we've got. That we we don't. Not everybody has a microphone and a podcast and a voice. You know what do we do? What do we do at this point? And so th- these are. I'm just coming up with ways. I'm trying to come up with ways. So like, and and I guess that leads to this question, Douglas. The what what is Washington? What do Washington hunters do now? I know there's a petition out there. I signed it, um, and I think it was up to like eight thousand signatures last time I checked. It's it's over seventeen thousand right now. Okay, so we're we're bumping on twenty thousand's door, guys. We need to get that to like a hundred thousand. And, I'll, and I'll, oh, go ahead, go ahead. So you know, I I don't expect the peti- the petition to change anything um, legislatively, but I think it's a good show of support. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's something I can go back to and showcase to the commissioners. And be like, look, you are talking about public support. Well, here's twenty thousand signatures. Let's say you guys should be reinstating spring bear hunting. Um, so, you know, we, we do need everybody to sign that uh, petition. The other thing is, is that, and I will send you um, some emails. Uh, people can email the commissioners. They can email this uh, vice chair of natural resources who is in charge of appointing, or excuse me, uh, uh, not appointing, but confirming the uh, leftover commissioners who need confirmed. Is that um, that Larry Carpenter guy? Uh, no, he is a commissioner. I I have it in my phone. I can look it up. No, on no big deal. You just send that over to me, man, and let me know what I can do to help with that. But um, I I want to talk about what you were just talking about with showing support and putting the pressure on and how how I want to paint this picture, I guess, in, in a way. And 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 I'd love to get your reaction to this. But when when we're talking along those lines. This is an important point, and and I've had episodes on this exact topic, and we're going to have more episodes on this exact topic, but when an anti-hunting organization gets a goal or a uh, some kind of initiative that, that one group in, say, Seattle, Washington is in support of, what do they do? Well, w- what they do is they send it to all the other anti-hunting uh, folks in San Francisco and Dallas, Texas and Denver, Colorado and Portland, Oregon and, and New York City, all these places they send. So the, the, the point is, is they're, a, they're able to gather thousands and thousands and thousands of signatures and support each other in a way that hunters lack. We don't do that. We, we all tend to focus on, well, I'm a Texas whitetail hunter, and so spring bear in Washington has nothing to do with me, um, and, and, and blah, 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 or, or I'm a Colorado elk hunter, and that's, that's all I care about. Um, you know, where this is what happened in New Mexico when the New Mexico uh, folks, they banned the trapping in New Mexico because people like – you know, in in Washington, so to, for for example, weren't paying attention to our friends in Mex- New Mexico for the trapping rights that were going on, and the houndsmen in California, or the houndsmen in Washington, uh, the Montana houndsmen weren't paying attention because it's a different state. We can't view it like this anymore. We have well, to get on board with each other. I, absolutely, you know, nationwide, worldwide, 
yeah. uh, you know, su- support yeah. Yeah. support African hunts. Uh, our friends in Canada, they got all sorts of issues going on. Oh my goodness, Canada! It, I could do a whole podcast series just on Canada. You can go back and look at that statement by the by the Humane Society or by Lorna Smith, the commissioner, and and dissect that for almost any animal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, for yep. example, the, the animal was lethargic. So if you have a special draw tag to hunt mule deer during the rut, you think that mule deer is an easier target because he's glassed over looking for the ladies? He's an absolutely easier target than what he would be during pre-rut, right? Yeah, great point, man. So they can use that statement that argument like oh well these you know this deer's in rut you can't hunt them in rut they're they're glassed over they're they're distracted they're an easier target because they are that's an Um, excellent point go ahead so it's going to affect deer hunting it's going to affect elk hunting and you know it's just going to chip away their their goal is to chip away hunting down to nothing and i really i really want people to understand this because what you're talking about is is using some irrelevant point to make a relevant point for people that don't know anything relevant about hunting to donate money to them right and and sign petitions and sign all these things that make it sound like the anti-hunting movement has this overwhelmingly large populace that's in support of it which is not the case so to simplify that what you're talking about you know, the, the bears are lethargic in the spring. Okay. Uh, mule deer are more um, susceptible to a hunter during the rut. The, the, you know, in my opinion, the first couple of weeks in November. Uh, same with same with white-tailed. A little, little different time. Or, or even elk hunters. You know, we talk yeah, about elk, elk hunting hunters. on the West, Western Huntsman all the time, you guys. We, we th- This is what we talk about. Tell yep. me. I, don't tell I, me I, that elk are not more susceptible. Like, can you imagine... This is a side note. Can you imagine how deadly I would be <laughs> if I could hunt elk with a rifle in September and call them? <laughs> oh, right. You know what I mean? And no, so, absolutely. So that argument could be made anywhere and, and, and at any time. And so, so that's what I want to focus on for just a sec. So take that argument and translate that into the propaganda machine that is the anti-hunting movement. We can't fight that in a tweet. And I, I've said this a million times. They could say... In, in one tweet, a person can say, a bear is easier to kill in the spring because it's lethargic. It shouldn't be allowed, right? How do you respond to that in a tweet? You can't. You, you can't. You can't respond. You, this this is a, a very large discussion that they're very good at taking a simplified argument to and catering to the people that don't know shit. And these people that don't know shit pull out their wallet and donate a bunch of money to them. That that is the challenge that we're up against. Because that, that's, oh, go ahead. That's a fact. No, that you know that's a fact. And if you're not a hunter, if you're a fisherman, yeah. Hey, you ever go out to the to the sound or to the ocean or wherever and and use a fish finder to a lake? Yeah. You know they can they can say hey that's unethical that's that's uh, unethical against fair, fair chase, chase. And, against and fair that's chase. Banned. So I'm telling you, um, it's coming, and I know for a fact. The commission is working on other stuff right now that I can't disclose because of the Freedom of Information Act, but it's coming down the pipe for deer. It's coming down the pipe for elk. It's coming down the pipe for cougar. So mm. people, I just better start waking up. Okay. Yeah, the, the, I, I totally agree. I, I think that um, the biggest thing that I want people to get out of this this episode and, and a lot of the episodes that we do and we talk about on the on the Western Huntsman here is is 
we have to understand the mountain that is front of, in front of us that we have to climb. This is not going to be an easy thing. But I'm telling you right now, when an anti-hunting organization in Seattle, a regional office of HSUS or something like that, whatever it is, when they get uh, an idea for an initiative for a ballot or, or a, a ballot initiative or a, a you know a legislative action that they can have some kind of influence over, they get help from people that live miles and miles from Seattle, Washington. And I'm just trying to paint a picture here. And and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but they do. They're getting help from somebody in all 50 states. Meanwhile, what are hunters doing? We're ripping each other apart over how big somebody's buck was. Or what kind of weapon or caliber they're shooting. Or what pack they're running this year. Or the type of boots they picked. Or if their camo was from Walmart versus Sitka. And this is the kind of shit that we're in, we're, we're getting all moonshined over because we're not paying attention. We have to help our hunters in Washington. We have to. This, like, it is not acceptable in my mind to allow this to slip into next year and just hope that maybe Spring Bear comes back for Washington. No, that is not my goal. My goal, as tall of a mountain as it is to climb, is to get this decision reversed before Spring 2022. We need to create a big enough ruckus, and, a, and, and people are going to tell me, oh, that's not possible. Oh, it's not, it's not doable, Jim. Now, they've already made the decision, and in fact, the commission has said they're not going to address it again until next year. Bullshit. We can force them to address it now. Am I wrong? Well, I plan on making a big enough sting to where that's my goal, too. My goal is to get it uh, um, hopefully recalled revoted and the commissioner smith off of the board off of the commission um absolutely i tell people it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon Mm -hmm. you know so don't get burned out in a week or two and then just go about your business um keep the pressure on it even if you can do just a couple of emails a week an email a week a phone call a week whatever it is it's going to add up and it's going to get to be an annoyance and they are going to have to address it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to have to. We can create a big enough absolute uh, nightmare for them that they'll have to address it. In fact, I and I've been I've been talking to a couple of other guys. My my buddy Joel Schwecker, uh, who's been on the show before, uh, with you, you know he's he's over there. And he's a lot further south. He's south of Olympia, um, I think. Actually, now I might be confusing him with Joel Turner, and we got the Elk Singer over there. I've got a lot of great people in in the state of Washington, and and you know, frankly, the state of Washington is one of our bigger listener bases for this show. Um, but when it, how it how it relates to this, that's irrelevant. I don't care if I have two listeners in the state of Washington. The point is, is this anti-hunting crap from this Lorna Smith and the rest of the commission is 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 a cancer and it's going to spread and it's going to grow. And so I've been talking to a few other people, Douglas, maybe maybe we can work something out here, but I want to do another uh, I want to do another episode where it's kind of a panel of of Washingtonians and and we come on and we discuss some of the options that we have and some of the ideas that we've come up with to help create the ruckus that we're talking about because that's what needs to happen. We need to throw we need to be like that toddler in Walmart that throws such a big fit 
that they almost have to remove her from the store, right? <laughs> now I hear you. That, that's yeah. what we need to do. We have to throw a fit. We have to torment these commissioners into a point where they feel like they don't have any other choice but to bring this back to the table to discuss it. I'm getting so excited, my hands are knocking into my microphone stand here. Um, a lot of my a lot of my energy in this past couple of weeks has definitely been focused on that, and it will continue to do so. Like. Uh, you know, I got the holidays coming up like everybody does, but this mm-hmm. is this is something that is not going on my back burner. It's just put on simmer on the front. Uh, you know, I'm not going to quit on this topic. So in your in your opinion, Douglas, like what what do we need to do? Um, do you have in your mind, like in a perfect world, if you could push a button that would set us on a course of action, what would that course of action look like to you? Um, I would encourage people to sign that petition so we can have a show of force. Mm-hmm. I would encourage people to email the yes and no votes and the department of fish and wildlife, uh, in regards to this, um, vote. I would encourage them to contact the, uh, legislature, uh, uh involved in the, uh, uh, commission appointments and and you have that information you have like which legislators to contact kind of thing i do i do have the vice chair who's um heavily involved in that and i'll pass that along to you okay so um, guys one ahead. thing real quick what what i'm going to do is if you're if you're on my instagram if you're following at the western huntsman on instagram which you should be if you're listening to this right right douglas you you agree absolutely with that, right? yeah yeah <laughs> Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add, if you, if you go to my Instagram page and you, there's that link that they give you on your page, link in bio kind of thing. Um, and if you hit that, that's, that's my link tree. So that'll take you to all sorts of different stuff. You can go to the website, you can go to like Apple podcasts, you can go to our YouTube channel, you can go to all these different things. I'm going to add that petition to that link tree. And, and maybe if you have a page, Douglas, somewhere that you know about where there is like all the information of the people we can email, um, I would add that too. But the link there, tree will have a bunch. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So I have the link on my Instagram um, bio for the petition and a couple okay. of stories in or a couple of posts in. There's definitely information on who to contact, but I will I will forward that stuff to you as well. And the other thing I would say too is like, if you're not already involved with, say, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or the Western Bear Foundation or Blood Origins or Sporting Alliance, pick a group that you want to support monetarily. It doesn't have to be a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep. You know, but but these things cost money to fight. That's the bottom line. I don't have that type of money, but these other organizations combined with memberships can help us. Mm-hmm. So I would just ask that you support one of those um, organizations, something that fits your liking, like Ducks Unlimited, you know, if you're a duck hunter, um, Mule Deer Foundation, any of that stuff. There's there's ones that are going to be very much, basically, and how I've explained this in the past is when you're talking about donating, donating money and becoming members of these organizations, you're going to have two different types. You're going to have conservation groups, and then you're going to have groups that fight against the anti-hunting organizations. Okay, and and you have to be really careful with what what you're wanting to spend, what what is important to you. 
Um, like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is great for getting public land access and getting more elk out there on the landscape, but they cannot lobby against anti-hunting organizations, right? So that, that you, you have to follow where that goes and understand how to prioritize that. So in, in like for, for me, what what's it? I, I'm a member of all sorts of groups, you know, Mule Deer Foundation, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, F4WM, all these groups. Um, but the ones that I... I I pay a little bit more attention to are, are going to be something like your sportsman's uh, sportsman's Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you mentioned blood origins guys. It's super cheap. What I did is I set up this thing with blood origins. Cause these guys, you got, you got to, if you're not familiar with blood origins, guys, you got to check it out. They're, they're actually doing the fight. Uh, they're, they're doing what it takes. It's a great organization. I set it up. So every month they take out $3 out of my account. If $3, is a problem for you. You, you, you need to change your life. Like, <laughs> right. like, like what kind of meth are you cooking, man? Like, like, come on, three bucks, three bucks yeah. a month. And, and I, I did the same thing with blood organs. I set it up for three something. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's nothing. It's not even a cup of coffee locally. No. So not even in like, Idaho. Well, you can go into a Conoco and get a, uh, some tar that they call coffee yeah. for like a dollar. Yep. But if you're getting any kind of quality coffee, even in Idaho, that doesn't cover it. So, guys, yep. that that's what we need from you. And and the other things that we need that Douglas and I, we, maybe we touched on it a little bit, but we need the unification of hunters. Like, we need this. Yeah. We need to Big stop time. bitching at each other. Quit worrying about what rifle somebody's using and, and how whatever method of take that somebody has, that's their personal preference. Remember that this is the land of the free and people get to make their own personal decisions. So screw it. If you disagree with it, do it your own way. Don't let somebody pick on you and don't pick on other people. Mind your business and mind your manners. If that's what we need to do, because remember what we were talking about, these anti-hunting organizations, they are in cahoots with all the other organizations regionally. So uh, this group in Seattle is getting help from the group in Tallahassee, is getting group from or help from Atlanta, Georgia, and San Francisco. We don't have that. We don't have that on that kind of scale. We have to get on that scale if we want a prayer and a, and a chance when it comes to the future of hunting. We can't let this happen ever again. And if you don't think that the the wolves aren't in the radar for the humane society in the United States in Idaho, you oh. got another thing coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that's, that's a priority for those wolves. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Isn't it funny how it's always the, the predator species that well, have like this weird. That's how they like to get their foot in the door. Yeah. What, yeah. what is it? Is it, is it cause like as kids we had teddy bears, so bears are a problem and, and wolves it, were like yeah. Disney propagates the the nature of wolves. I don't know what it is. What what, what do you think it is? It's low hanging fruit. You know, it's like yeah, you say. Yeah. Everyone everyone had a teddy bear. Everyone liked Winnie the Pooh. Everyone's you know, as an adult, if you're not a hunter, you're like, oh, cute cuddly bears, and who'd want to shoot a cub? <laughs> Those evil hunters. Like hunters don't want to shoot a cub. That's the last thing you want to do is waste yeah. a bag on a cub. Give me a break. Dang, that's not a lot of meat off of that cub. So it's and, uh, it's. It's just an easy way to get your foot in the door and then the trouble starts. So I liked your, I liked your post the other day that you made where it had this picture of Winnie the Pooh eating the honey out of the jar. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. you're like the true lethargic bear or something yeah. like that. Cause yeah, I was, yeah. I was doing a dig at uh, the commissioner about that because <laughs> yeah. of the, the, thar- the lethargic starving bear. 
Yeah, we need more of that. We need more of that. So I want you to know, Douglas, I got your back. I got your back, brother. Like I'm I'm here. Um, I don't I don't know what I can do, but all I know is I'm willing to do it. And and I am I'm working on ideas to help our friends in Washington uh, because you guys you guys have been lacking a voice on the public um, arena when it comes to hunting. Uh, and, and frankly, a lot of things in the state of Washington, you guys, the whole state of Washington is run by this like minority fanatical group that comes out of just if when you look at it population wise uh, and even like geographically wise, it's a small portion of the state making these big decisions for the rest of the state. This and, is this is how annoying the state is. I didn't mean to interrupt. By go way. ahead. Go ahead. Talking. No, you're good. I took my son to go get his senior pictures taken today at a train station and to walk into the train station, you had to have a mask on. So I put my mask on cause I don't want to hear it. And, but I have it below my nose mm-hmm. and the guard says, Hey, you got to have the mask above your nose the whole time. And of course I swear under my breath and put it on there for the 30 seconds I'm in the room. And then I go to leave. But in reality, if I would have went in there and shot up heroin on the, on the steps, nobody would have batted an eye because it's completely legal to sit there, sit there and shoot heroin up. What? You know, it, what? It's you can't. Ridiculous. You can carry three ounces of heroin on you because that's personal use. Like they don't. Yeah, it's. It is mind blowing. The state is completely backwards. What like I love the state. Man. I was born and raised here, but it's just it's incredible. That sucks because Washington is a kick ass state. Like just the the habitats and the and the the crazy change in landscape. You know, um, the diverse landscape. I should say. And did I, I, I don't know if, um, you know this, but they, they, they've reintroduced pronghorn to Washington, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw some a few weeks back, uh, just nice. coming out of, uh, Ritzville, just, just a little bit, uh, west of Ritzville by probably 20 miles or so, like three pronghorn running across this, uh, agricultural area. Uh, you know, this, I, I think it was, um, I think it was alfalfa or something they were growing out there, but anyway, uh, it was cool. That's the first time I've seen pronghorn in the state of Washington. That's that is sweet. I like pretty that. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Oh. I remember when they uh, reintroduced the pronghorn over there, and it was a big deal. And uh, you know, th- this has been several years. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, when I say several years, I don't know. I want to say it was like 2010 or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's about right. Somewhere around there. Uh, don't quote me on it, but anyway, it was it was cool. So here I am, 2021, cruising down the freeway, coming out of Ritzville. Uh, Washington and and there lo and behold uh, some pronghorn running across so that you guys have the landscape you have the, the the habitat is there there's a lot of game in Washington uh, it's it's a great place geographically and and just the natural landscapes that make up this land it's got us we, we've got to do something to head off at the pass this ludicrous fanatical environmentalist extremist left-wing bizarreness that comes out of that Seattle area that seems to control the whole state. It's fucking retarded. That's one way to put it. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, man. I get, I no. get excited. Right. <laughs> I just feel bad. I feel bad. Uh, so anyways, let's wrap this up, man. I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about this. Hopefully it is sure. helping to shed some light. Clearly you're fired up about it. I'm fired up about it. Um, we're going to do some things and w- would you come back on and, uh, for that, for that panel, the bear hunting panel for Washington, uh, no, and, yeah, and be of one course. of the members. Okay. There's going to yeah. be like four of us 
And so I'd love to get you on. I'm hoping to get my buddy Joel Swecker on uh, and, a, and a couple other people. If you know any biologists that can come on for it or anything like that, let me know. Um, but let's let's start making some progress, man. If you uh, send me that pet- – actually, I've got your petition right here in your, your Instagram link. Uh, guys, it's going to be in my Instagram feed. Or I'm sorry, not in the feed, in the in the link on the bio. So if you go to that, it's gonna say Bear Washington Bear Petition. Okay, go to the Instagram and and click on the link in my bio, and it's gonna take you right there. Or you can go right to Douglas's Instagram because you have it right there already in your bio, right? Yeah, it's right below my picture, name, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, change.org, you know, James Lee bring back. And, and don't, you know, you don't you don't have to support change.org monetarily or anything like that. I would just ask that you just sign it and you might get one or two emails about about it, but they don't really flood you, so don't worry about that too. Um, yeah. Yeah, just put your yeah. email in there. They they do send you a couple of follow-up emails like, "Hey, you know, so and so still needs your support. Do you want to do you want to donate money?" Just ignore that stuff. Just sign the petition, but it does require that you put your email address in there, but you won't get spammed to death after that. So don't be yeah. shy about it, guys. We can't be shy about this stuff. Sign the petition. That that will go a long way as we start to come up with uh, you know strategic planning and other things to, uh, to, to get this thing reversed. So anything else you want to add there, buddy? Um, not really. Just... Uh... Thanks for everyone's support and thanks for listening to the podcast and, and be vocal and keep an eye on your local politics. But, you know, just like we've already hounded, just support each other. Um, yeah. If you can take the time to complain on Facebook or a hunting forum about how things are, you should be able to take the time to email a commissioner or your local legislature, whatever needs to be to ensure your hunting rights are maintained for yourself and your kids and your grandkids. Yep. Couldn't agree more, brother. We got to make it easy. We got to make it easy. Let's let's figure out how to do this. So, okay. All right, buddy. Guys, Douglas Bose. Check him out on Instagram at Douglas Bose. That's what it is, right? Douglas Bose. Uh, Bose and Bears. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally messed it up. At Bose and Bears. So, Bose is B O Z E and Bears. Guys, it'll be in the show link. So, just check that out. Um, Douglas has some. books available i would encourage you to jump on amazon and check out the ultimate guide to black bear hunting um for a guy like me i need all the help i can get so i'm really excited about that book douglas thanks yeah for coming on brother not a problem man thanks for having me we'll uh we'll talk soon thank you all right you bet you made it all the way to the end Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We sure appreciate your support. This is Jim Huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at Instagram at The Western Huntsman and on Facebook at The Western Huntsman. And you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.